Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, if you would, to, would this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. And I want to, um, I want to ask that you pay on purpose, pay close attention today to what we're going to speak about. So often, as we try to explain the Bible or teach the Bible, people are confused. You know, where do I start? They see this book of... 66 books that make up the Bible and where do we start and what's the purpose of this? And you know, what we see from the beginning all the way to the end is a thread. It's a thread and it's this man sinned and God promised a redeemer. And we see that from the old Testament. What is the old Testament all about? Some look at it and say, it just seems like it's about uh, uh, nations, battling nations. And it, it seems like, you know, far out stories. No, it's about God's plan to send a redeemer. What, what's the story of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? What is the story about Egypt? What, what is the story of the crossing of the Red Sea? All of this is God's plan to send a redeemer to mankind so that we could be reconciled back to God, so that our sin debt would be paid for, so that you and I can spend eternity with God. That's the thread we see all through Scripture. And sometimes people will try to get off course. I'm doing a, a message on false teachers out of Jude on a Wednesday night uh, a Bible study. And, and uh, so often uh, uh, we can find false teachers that get us off track. They get us on to something else. But the theme throughout the word of God, what always must be preached, what always must come back to is this, Jesus Christ, the son of God, paid our sin debt so that you and I could be redeemed back to God. That is the theme all through the Bible. That is the theme of this week as we look at Easter week, Palm Sunday through, through Resurrection Sunday. This week is, is Passover. Today is Palm Sunday. And I want us to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Look with me in verse number 7. Purge out, therefore. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened for even Christ's, what he says here, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. He's saying this to the Christians. Let us keep the feast. What feast? Uh, this Passover feast, this celebration of the Passover. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice or wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Paul is speaking to Christians. Passover is about a lamb. Jesus, Jesus are, uh, uh, or the Jews are in bondage in Egypt. 
This is the story of Passover. We find the Passover story. We find that Jesus comes and uh, he comes to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover this week with, with his disciples. And where do we find this? The story of Passover is this. The Jews are in bondage in Egypt. And God promised to bring them out of Egypt. And the night that they were delivered is called Passover. So Passover is a word that we would find in the Old Testament. It's a, it's a feast now that the Jews, after this, this initial event of Passover, would celebrate remembering this night of deliverance out of, out of Egypt. The firstborn in every home in Egypt is going to die. You see, God has sent Moses to, uh, to, to, to uh, Egypt and to Pharaoh and said this, let my people go. God's plan of redeeming them out of Egypt, Egypt is a picture of the world and bringing them into the promised land, God is going to take, it's going to take place. God is going to fulfill. So Moses goes into Egypt and says to Pharaoh, let my people go. And God, through, through much, much victory, by these, by these, uh, uh, each, each plague that he puts upon them is going to bring victory and his people are going to come. One of the most interesting, this is just a, a side note here, but one of the most interesting things about the plagues that you would find in many in this room, I'm sure know this, but every plague that was done was a plague to show that the gods of Egypt, that the Egyptians worshiped is not more, is, was not more powerful than the one true God. Each plague that they had was a God that maybe they worshiped to or, or someone that they, they gave reverence to. But when Moses came in and he represented the, the, the God of all gods, the king of all kings, he represented the creator, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He represented the one true God. He had victory each one of those plagues showing the Egyptians that there is one true God and he is Jehovah God. Every time, and you know the story, every time the plague was given and God got victory through that plague, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and another plague would come until this last was what was called Passover. And that was this, God said the firstborn in every home is going to be killed unless, unless the blood of a lamb was applied to the doorpost of that home. And so... They were told to kill a lamb, to take that lamb and apply the blood on the doorposts of their home. And as the death angel was going to come by that night there through Egypt, if the blood was applied to the doorposts of the home, the death angel would pass over that home and that child would live. But if the blood was not applied to the doorposts of that home, then the firstborn in every home would be killed. You see, it was about the lamb. It was about the blood of the lamb. Egypt's symbol was the serpent. It's, it's, it's interesting here at the Passover, the lamb is going to decimate the serpent. 
You know, you've probably seen pictures of Pharaoh with a serpent on his crown and a, 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 maybe a spear or, or some kind of stick that with a serpent on that stick. That was what they used, a symbol of, of authority, a symbol of power. And the lamb was going to come and it was going to decimate that serpent. I'm reminded even back in, in uh, uh, Genesis, you remember when man sinned, the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field upon the belly shall thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And he said this, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head. You see, all the way back when man sinned, God said, I'm going to send a savior. I'm going to, I'm going to redeem mankind. And he said to the serpent that, that through that seed of woman, that seed is going to bruise your head. There's going to be great victory. The Lamb of God is going to bruise the head of Satan. Exodus chapter 12. Go with me there, if you would, please. Exodus chapter 12 in verse number one. This is the story, the Passover. This is what we find Passover instituted by the Jews in the Old Testament. In verse number one of Exodus chapter 12, and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this month shall be unto you beginning of months. This is a new beginning. It shall be the first month of the year to you. What is he saying? With this, everything's going to be new. Passover is going to come. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to deliver <coughs> Israel out of Egypt and We'll read in just a moment, the blood is going to be applied. And from this point forward, there's going to be, it's going to be new. And, and this, this represents the, the, the new that we find in Jesus Christ. Aren't you so thankful that you are not, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're not what you used to be? Aren't you so thankful that God doesn't see you in your sin, but he sees you in Jesus Christ? Oh, one of the wonderful verses that we find throughout the New Testament that we are in Christ. We are a new creature. All things passed away. Behold, all things become new. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are new. And praise God. Maybe someone continues to remind you. Maybe Satan continues to remind you what you used to be and, and, and what you used to be uh, involved in and, and what you used to be called. I, I like now that we are a child of God. It's not about what you used to be. You are now found in Christ. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ has washed you as white as snow. You're new. He says this, this is going to be new. This month shall be unto you beginning of months. Verse number three, speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take of them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto him, unto his house, take it according to the numbers of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. I love that as well. You know what that says? You're not too poor. You're not too uh, unvaluable. This is for every man. It doesn't matter your last name. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the size of your family. It doesn't matter the wealth of your family. Everyone is involved in this. 
Aren't you thankful for that? Verse number five, for your lamb shall be without blemish, a male lamb of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it unto the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. This is Passover is instituted. I want you to see here several things. I want to hurry this morning. Verse number five and six, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. I want you to write this down. There are some requirements for this lamb. The first requirement was this. It had to be a spotless lamb. It could not just be any lamb. You couldn't go and, and, and find a lamb that was maybe half dead and that was diseased and, and had some kind of blemish. No, this lamb had to be a perfect lamb. No blemish. They'd bring this lamb before the, the priest, and, and they would find, and they would, they would look over this lamb, and they would find if there's any blemish in this lamb, if there's any fault in this lamb, if there's any flaws in this lamb. No, this, was, this lamb was a perfect lamb. Only a spotless lamb, only a perfect lamb could be our sacrifice. You know, it's interesting all through the week that we'll celebrate this week. You know what they tried to do? They tried to find fault in Jesus. They brought him before the Sadducees, and the Sadducees tried to find fault in Jesus. But you know what they could find? No fault in him. The Pharisees, they'd bring him before the Pharisees. The Pharisees would lie. They would try to find fault. But you know what? There was no fault found in Jesus Christ. The Rhodians tried to find fault in Jesus, only to find that there was no blemish, no fault in Jesus. Matter of fact, Pilate said this, I find no fault in him. There's nothing they could find. Jesus Christ was taken, and he was, he was looked over. The others tried to find fault, only to come to the place that he was spotless, that he was sinless. Here is Jesus Christ, who lived on this earth, who never sinned. He was spotless. He was pure. He was holy. He is is the lamb that was promised. So in this Passover lamb, it had to be spotless. Look with me in verse number six. The Bible says this, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall, shall kill it. I want you to write this down in your notes. He's not only a spotless lamb for Passover. It had to be a sacrificial lamb. You know what this lamb, it would be killed. Salvation is not learning lessons from the life of Christ. It is receiving life from the death of Christ. Jesus Christ had to die. His sin, our sins had to be paid for. His blood was shed. He died. Now, there were some that will say this, that Jesus Christ really wasn't dead. They placed him to the grave. They thought he was dead. No, Jesus Christ died. He was placed in that grave, and he lay dead in that grave for three days. And on the third day, the Spirit of God came and breathed life back into that Savior, Jesus Christ. And he rose again from the dead, victorious. He is a sacrificial lamb. You see, in the Old Testament, the lamb had to die. And Jesus Christ had to die. 
I want you to see something else here in verse number seven. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door of the post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Look with me also in the same chapter, verse number 22. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop. Hyssop would just be these wild flowers with, with uh, uh, branches that would grow and they would take those and uh, dip that in the blood. That's in the basin. What would happen? The lamb, they would kill that lamb and the blood would spill out into that basin. And that blood that's in that basin would take that hyssop and they dip it into that blood and strike the lintels of the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And, and none of you shall go out to the door of this house until the morning. And so what would happen? They would take this, take this uh, 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 lamb. They would kill this lamb. Blood would be shed. Why would blood have to be shed? Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that washed away our sins. Yes, Jesus Christ had to die, but blood had to be shed. A sacrifice had to be made. Jesus Christ shed his blood and they took his blood, uh, the blood of that lamb, and they put it on the, 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 the doorpost of their home. I want you to write this down. It was a spotless lamb. It was a sacrificial lamb. Thirdly, it was a saving lamb. You say, what do you mean by that? They said, once this is applied, once the blood is applied to the home, your family then must go into the home, and he said this, and stay in the home. Once you are in that home, you're to stay there till the death angel passes over till the next day. This lamb, this, listen now, this is, this is interesting. He's a savings lamb. He said, come into, come into the home through the blood. Once that blood was applied, everyone had to go in the home and pass through that blood. And as they came into that home and they passed through that blood, they stayed in that home while the death angel passed by. And the blood, the blood, when the, when the death angel saw the blood applied to that home, the firstborn of that home was not killed, but the firstborn of that home was saved because when the death angel saw the blood and saw that the blood was applied, nothing, nothing would kill that child. Hear me today, nothing else will save you except this precious blood of Jesus Christ. If they would have put, like Cain put, the best of their fruit out there, and the death angel would have came by and saw their labor, and it could have been a, a, a work of labor. It could have been a, a, a lot of work to, to go and, and take that fruit and, 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 and grow that fruit and grow that yield in that field and place it there in front of that door. If they would have, the death angel would have come by and the blood was not applied, but another sacrifice was applied, that sacrifice was not sufficient. Only the blood of the lamb would keep those from inside from being killed. If they would have said this, I'm going to take all my precious jewels and let's just take all of our wealth and all of our jewels and, and all of our fortune and let's put that in front of the door. If the death angel would have passed by and saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of jewels and gold and silver, that isn't sufficient. The blood... 
And isn't it so interesting that God has instituted from the very beginning, from the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, when man sinned and man said, I'm going to try to cover my sin. Let's take these fig trees and, and these leaves and, and we'll, we'll make this, this, uh, this clothing for us. God said, oh, no, no, there must be a sacrifice. And he sacrificed a lamb and he took that coat of, of, of skin of that lamb. And that's what he used to cover man's sin and man's nakedness. And all through time, all through the Bible, you'll find that blood has to be sacrificed, that a lamb had to be slain, and nothing else will save. That was true back in the Old Testament. It was true during the days of the Bible. It's true today. Nothing else can save a person, only the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing else saves. So he's a spotless lamb. He's a sacrificial lamb. He's a saving lamb. I want you to see here in verse number eight, and they shall eat of the flesh in that night, roasted with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. So those bitter herbs, that unleavened bread, it spake of repentance and remorse. That of unleavened bread spoke of brokenness from their sin. This is genuine repentance. This is what's required, the genuine repentance, the brokenness, the remorse. Understanding this without Jesus Christ or without the lamb's sacrifice, you and I are dead in trespasses and sin. But because of the sacrifice of a lamb, because of the shed blood of a lamb, our sin debt is paid for. What we deserve We'll never get. Think about that. Every single person in this room is a sinner. Every single person in this room has defiled and disobeyed God's law. Every single person in this room, it doesn't matter who you are. You deserve death. But because a lamb was slain, because blood was shed, our payment for sin debt has been paid. I want you to write this down. We find a shared lamb. This lamb in verse number nine, they eat not of the raw nor sodden uh, at all with water, but roast with fire. His head with his legs, with the, with the pertence thereof. They had to eat this lamb. This lamb that was slain was eaten. Now, what is interesting about this night? This lamb that saved them now is in them. This lamb that saved them is what gave them the strength that needed to leave and flee Egypt. You see, there was a, a journey ahead. There, 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 there was going to be a, a, a journey that they had to go through. They were going to leave, leave, leave all that they knew. They were going to go out into the wilderness and they were going to go head to the promised land, but they needed nourishment. They needed strength. But you know what? Their strength wasn't found in themselves. You know where their strength came from? The lamb. 
the lamb that now is in them. You know, the day that you are saved, it's not like uh, a God just there in heaven and, 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 and we confess Christ and we're still left here on this earth to, to wander through this earth in our own strength and our own power. No, the day that you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God comes and indwells you and lives inside of you and comforts you and gives you strength and gives you nourishment and gives you what you need for the day. That's why he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, there's this false teaching that goes around that you get saved and later on you've got to somehow receive the Spirit of God. No, the moment that you get saved, you receive the Spirit of God. The moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life. The Spirit of God comes and dwells inside of you in everything you need for the journey is indwelling inside of you. Everything you need for the victorious Christian life is dwelling inside of you. That's why it's a new beginning. It's a new day. This isn't now a life that you have to live now as a saved person in your own strength. I can't live in my own strength. I can't live in my own power, but the spirit of God lives inside of me. I can face the journeys of tomorrow. I can face the desert. I can face the dry seasons. I can face the difficulties. I can face the suffering. Why? Because he lives inside of me. He's a shared lamb. So he's a spotless lamb, a sacrificial lamb, a saving lamb, a shared lamb. This lamb is now inside of them. Christ in you. The hope of glory. This is our redemption. This is a picture of our redemption that is prophesied. This is a picture of Jesus Christ that is going to come. This is not just an abstract story of, of some event that happened in Egypt. No, this is a prophecy that God is foretelling. This is what must be necessary. This is what's going to come. I, I want you to go to Jeremiah real quick. I know I'm running out of time, but I want you to see this in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31. See, if we only had one service, I could preach till one o'clock today. And no one said amen. <laughs> Jeremiah 31. Verse number 31. This is Jeremiah prophesying. He says this, behold, the day will come. The days will come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This new covenant, or you can say New Testament. This is a New Testament. We have in the Bible, the Old Testament is foretelling of Jesus Christ. He's going to come, the lamb that is going to come. The New Testament is telling of the lamb that has come. It's now the local church, the age that we're in today. He's, he says this, I'm telling of a new covenant, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant or my testament they break. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. This is a new covenant. 
This is the New Testament. This is the importance. I want you to get this. This is why it was so important. Thinking about back in Genesis where, where he said the, 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 uh, the, the seed of woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. It's said in the Passover that the lamb is going to be slain. That lamb represents Jesus Christ. Jeremiah says the New Testament is going to come. And I want you to then understand that's why John in John the Baptist in John 1, uh, uh, chapter 20, uh, chapter 1, verse number 29, as he's standing there in the Jews, they understand all of these things and Jesus comes walking he says behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world what was John the Baptist proclaiming what was said in the Old Testament is before us today what was promised of God is now fulfilled the lamb that is going to die for all mankind is here the New Testament is here Oh, this is what John prophesies in understanding when the Jews heard, behold the lamb, they understood because the lamb needed to be killed. The lamb needed to be slain. The the, the blood of the lamb had to be shed. It had to be applied. And this is John proclaiming now that lamb that we sought after, that lamb we've waited for, he is here. And who is he speaking of? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I don't know where time goes. But as Jesus Christ born of Bethlehem, you know, in Bethlehem, you know what they did in Bethlehem, just about four to five miles outside of Jerusalem. They raised lambs. And it was in Bethlehem that they raised these lambs. And there was a certain uh, a, a group that would raise these lambs and they would raise these lambs and they were perfect lambs. And they would be the ones that would be used during Passover. They would take these from Bethlehem and bring them through Bethlehem, bring them up from Bethlehem up to the Mount of Olives through the Kidron Valley up into the temple. And they would be taken and looked at. They'd be examined are these lambs that were raised there, born there in Bethlehem? They came up through the through the uh, 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 through the valley up to the Mount of Olives, down through the Kidron Valley up to Jerusalem. Now sitting in the place of the temple, are these lambs sufficient? They'd be looked over. What is the significance of this week? There was a lamb that was born in Bethlehem. He began his journey. Starts out at the Mount of Olives. Just that same road that those lambs would come. You go to the book of Luke and you would find Jesus. He stands over that Mount of Olives. He looks over the city and he weeps. He weeps because the Lamb of God has come. They're going to reject him. He goes down and he breaks bread with his disciples and says, this is the New Testament, my blood. This is my body, which is broken for you. He's that lamb. He's that New Testament. He's taken there and that, that road that he'll travel, that road where they'll say, Hosanna, Hosanna. He'll travel that road just like those lambs are going to travel. He'll go to the garden of Gethsemane. He'll cry drops of 
sweat of blood, knowing the agony and the shame for the first time, he is going to know sin. Who knew no sin is going to become sin so that you and I could become righteous. They're going to take him from that valley, the Kidron Valley, where the Garden of Gethsemane sits, and they're going to take him up to the mount. And there they're going to look over him. They're going to examine him like they did every other lamb that would come from Bethlehem. And this lamb, they're going to say there's no fault in him, but they're going to kill him anyways. There's no fault. There's no sin. There's no mar. There's no scab. There's no disease. You see, the perfect lamb has arrived in Jerusalem. And they're going to take that perfect lamb And they're going to beat that lamb. His blood is going to be shed. He's going to be placed upon a cross. His blood is going to be shed and his life is going to be given. So that you and I could have that blood applied to our life. You see, through the whole Bible, it is a bunch of stories, but the theme and the thread that goes through the entire Bible is this, that redemption is coming for all mankind through the person of Jesus Christ. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.